Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new edition of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. I'm your host, Dominic Vogel, and joining me, as always, is the grumpy cat himself, Christian Redshaw. Christian, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I don't know how you can call me grumpy today. <laughs> I think maybe it's just because I'm ready for lunch. <laughs> I'm both grumpy. I'm quite grumpy as well. <laughs> well. Listen, who do we have as the guest today? So today we have Linda Bolton. She is a privacy expert based out of Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, really looking forward to having her on the show. So we will take a momentary pause here and we'll bring Linda aboard. Hopefully she can cheer us up. Linda, thank you so much for joining us on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great. And yourself? We are doing fantastic. We're on the complete other side of the country. We know you're based in Halifax and we're, we're in Vancouver. Um, so completely different time zones. So I'm, we're very appreciative of you joining us in what I'm sure is your, uh, what is that, early afternoon? Late afternoon, one might say. Late afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, we're really looking forward to having you on the show Uh First and foremost, thought we uh, I would love to just start with you sharing a little bit about your personal narrative, your career narrative. Tell our listeners and viewers sort of uh, the amazing story of, of Linda. Definitely, thank you so much. So basically, I was working in government and in policy, and then for whatever reason, there was this decision to move the entire department's infrastructure onto a new IT server, and. All of a sudden, almost overnight, we needed to do privacy impact assessments on every single program in this department. And it was a really big department. It did a lot of things. And so I was pulled in to help with that because there were, there's just so much work to do. So in a matter of probably within six months, I did about 45 privacy impact assessments. And I just sort of thought it was like kind of that one quirky job that you do that, you know, never really leads anywhere. And you just, you know, you jump in because you're a team player and you want to help out. But when I transitioned to consulting, it turns out that it's a whole industry um, that I was largely <laughs> unaware of at the time, truthfully, really. Um, I didn't think privacy was my career path at all, especially, um, but it turns out it is. And so uh, as we started to do more and more privacy work, then I was um, given a promotion to lead the privacy practice at Barrington Consulting, and it's just really blossomed from there. Well, that's amazing. Oh, that's, mm -hmm. uh, that's such a cool story. I always love stories about how people sort of accidentally fall into their profession i think that, yeah. that's or get super, super or, or, or get pulled in yeah <laughs> that, <laughs> True, that's yeah. awesome linda. <laughs> awesome so as you might have gathered linda on this show cybersecurity matters women matter grumpy old white men matter as well um i want to ask you because you're a privacy person mm -hmm. uh, why in your opinion is is privacy relevant why does privacy matter Mm. So it's really interesting that we think about privacy as in who knows our stuff or who has our stuff, but it's actually a human right, this right to be left alone and this right to have control over your own information. So if I have a cell phone, I feel like it's a fair trade to be able to have a cell phone and that's kind of service to give my name or to give my banking information to get billed. That's fair. What I do not think is fair is if my cell phone company then turns around and sells my information, makes a profit off of it, and sells it to some biomedical company that's trying to target ads towards somebody or trying to social engineer a specific outcome. To me, that's like beyond the pale, right? So a lot of privacy is around respecting the rights of that individual, working ethically, 
and and maintaining this sort of sense of um, of fairness and transparency in the way you do your work. You know, you mentioned um, something called a privacy impact assessment, which we got pulled mm-hmm. into on a big scale out, out of the gate. Um, <clears throat> what what is a privacy impact assessment? What are the elements of it and, and the outcomes of that process? Absolutely. So anytime that you collect, use, store, or disclose personal information, you're going to want this privacy impact assessment, and we call it a PIA. And basically what it does is it, first of all, lets you know if you have the legal authority to do what you're doing with this information. It gives you the opportunity to map this life cycle of the information from the moment it comes through the door or into your system right through until it's deleted or disclosed. And so that you can see exactly what's happening and make sure everything is secure and safeguarded, but also that it's legal. Um, We also look at safeguards such as administrative safeguards, things like privacy policies or training. Uh, We look at physical safeguards. It's a little less relevant now that we're not sort of um, mapping the paper process of dropping a file off on somebody's desk, but still we look at that and technological safeguards, things like firewalls or things like um, your auditing plan even to ensure that's all good. And then at the end, what we'll do is create some uh, an analysis of the risks to make sure that we've identified the ways that you could be putting this personal information at risk and then also mitigation activities. So what you need to do to keep this information secure or to comply with the laws. Mm -hmm. That sounds sounds interesting. You're saying mitigation activities. So basically you're creating a plan of action. Somebody's got to roll up their sleeves and actually start doing some of these things, some of these recommendations. Exactly. Otherwise it's just a report that dies on a shelf. It's not useful to do a checkbox box exercise and then just leave it you know you really want to make sure that it lives and grows for sure for sure so let's Mm -hmm. take that to its next logical step here let's say it's now time to build a privacy program in an organization Mm -hmm. what would you say linda are the elements of a strong privacy program Mm -hmm. well there's probably about nine of them but just to get people started The first thing is you want to have policies and that's just a really fancy word for you need to have rules And it needs to be clear what people can do and what they cannot do. Once you've got those policies in place, you need procedures. And that's the fancy word for how you follow the rules. So if we're talking about how to get access to a system, the policy is anybody that deals with maybe customer accounts is allowed access to the system. The procedure is this is who you talk to and this is the way that they actually grant the access and this is how it's revoked at the end. The next thing is when you've got those policies and procedures, you need to train everybody on them. So it's not just good enough to like have the binder on the shelf. You actually need to make it live. You need to work with people and make sure that they get what they're supposed to be doing. And then here's the last one. And this is the tricky one. It's enforcement. So it's great to do all the right things. But if you're not following up, you're not actually doing them because you don't actually know if you are doing them. So it's about you know, making sure that everybody did actually do that training. It's about checking your audit logs to see that the people that are in the system are supposed to be there and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And it's about possibly having some really difficult conversations with people like, hey, I noticed you're in the system and you did this and that's not allowed. You know it from the policy, the procedure describes something different and you were trained on it. It might involve even like HR or an escalation process. 
And it might actually involve termination of an employee because at that point, they're not a great employee. They're now a liability because they're putting the personal information at risk. Very cool. So it sounds, okay, policies, uh, procedures. procedures, training, enforcement. It sounds yeah. maybe like good privacy hygiene. Yeah. And I think that's sort of like, that's the bare minimum, I would say. Right. If you're doing that, you're doing great. You're on the right track. There are other things that you're going to want to look at, such as how you manage your vendors to make sure that they're complying, um, what your governance structure is, making sure privacy has a seat at the table at the executive level, things like that. Um, there's lots of ways to integrate privacy and uh, and kind of really build your business around this. So it's always really fun. But at the at the base, like those four things are going to set you off on a really strong path. Awesome. That's, I really appreciate how you break it down in such a you know, um, simplistic and practical way, right? So that everyone can understand that. That's, that's tremendous, uh, Linda. Um, the, the, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is circling around sort of proactive versus reactive. Are you finding that, I mean, at least with maybe some of your, your, your clients and organizations you're dealing with, are they being proactive when it comes to privacy or are they primarily being reactive, like after mm -hmm. a privacy breach or after they get a regulatory slap on the, uh, on the wrist type of thing? What, what, what are you seeing? I'm actually seeing more and more people being proactive, um, which I think is great. I think the news stories about data breaches have really, really um, opened people's eyes to the importance of privacy work. And I think, too, with GDPR and some of the fines that you're seeing coming out of that, again, really, really emphasized how important this is. So, um, yeah, I think the good news is there are lots of things you can do to improve your privacy practice. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't, don't fall into despair. It's okay wherever you are. I think that's the great thing about privacy. No matter what you're doing, it's in the right direction. There's always more that can be done. But, um, but still, as long as you're on that path, it's, it's a really positive thing. I, and I appreciate you sharing that. And the um, the piece to the you know like uh, obviously the, the show circles around cybersecurity, but cybersecurity and privacy are often what, what at least what Christian I refer to as you know two sides of the same coin. How how can you know uh, cybersecurity programs be more support for, for the on the privacy side? Because often there's a schism between you know, the cybersecurity team maybe you know more technical leaning and they won't necessarily as support for on, on the privacy side which tends to not live in in it uh you know privacy programs tend to live outside of the uh, the, the the it kingdom how, how can cybersecurity programs be, be more supportive in making sure that there's greater uh, i guess synergies and and uh, cohesiveness yeah well I th i'd say first of all like security and privacy like should be really good friends anyways so these are these these are the teams that should be going out for coffee together they should be catching should be a drink ones. after work exactly <laughs> you know we have similar goals we have aligned interests so um just because security is more interested in confidentiality and um you know system integrity and things like that those actually really bolster a lot of what privacy is about so when I think about privacy and security, I think security is doing exactly what they should be doing, and I'm 100% for it. And I just think that you need to get together and have a little chat about, okay, when you configure a system like this, what does that do to like the access controls? Or um, if we're sending information out, how can we make sure that it's as secure as possible? Things like that. There's always going to be those little things that really promote and improve privacy. They don't 
necessarily have to stand in the way of what security is doing. And I often think they don't. I think there's a perception that privacy is going to be a lot of work or it's this add on or it's going to make us have to redo a whole lot of stuff. And I'm not convinced that's always the case. I think sometimes it's just a little tweak here or there or a good conversation around how best to meet everybody's needs. Uh, that's a that's a wonderful answer. I, that that's 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 top stuff. I, I really like that answer. Uh, l- last question. It's a short, much shorter question. Um, and I'll preface it by saying, you know, if you're not following Linda on LinkedIn, you absolutely need to. She is one of the more engaging and entertaining privacy professionals out there. I think it's wonderful how you do such a, a f- just a making privacy fun and engaging with with all your your posts um, around privacy. But for people who are listening and or watching the podcast and they'd like to reach out to you to talk more privacy, where can they reach you? How's the best way that they can reach out to you? Uh, definitely LinkedIn um, and also through Barrington Consulting. We're in Halifax, headquartered in Halifax, working across Canada and around the globe. And uh, those are probably the best ways. You can also reach me via email. And I believe that's going to show up in the show notes as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. It, it will. We'll uh, make sure we post all that good contact information. And uh, Linda, thank you so much for coming in today and absolutely knocking it out of the park. That was a fantastic conversation. Uh, thanks for being uh, our privacy bestie. We appreciate having you on the show. And uh, we're, we, uh, we look forward to having you on again. Definitely. Thank you so, so much. Christian and I will be right back to wrap up today's episode. That was a really insightful conversation with Linda. Um, I really appreciate how she took a subject matter like privacy and really broke it down mm. in a way in which everyday people could understand. And, and you and I are privacy professionals, but I mean, it, I just really appreciate how she broke that down. I thought it was extremely compelling and, and um, achievable, everything she laid out. Yes, I agree. You know, putting those basic elements together and building from that. And she said something about building your business, building your organization around privacy. I couldn't agree more. Privacy by design. Uh, absolutely. Especially in this day and age that uh, could not be more important. And we're, we're uh, very thankful that Linda joined us today on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. And uh, as always, if you did miss a previous episode, do check out uh, old episodes on your favorite podcasting platform uh, and or uh, on the Cybersecurity Matters YouTube page. Uh, we want to extend again that special thank you to our loyal listeners who join us and viewers who join us each and every week. Uh, but until next time, be well, be safe, and we'll see you again sometime in the near future on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast.